topic today is going to be um, seeking God's will in the new year. And before we get started, I'm going to ask everybody to stand up one more time. <laughs> and um, let's collectively say the Lord's Prayer together. And the way that uh, we do this is, uh, I'll, in a second, I'm going to say, who's Father? And then after I say that, we'll start off with our Father who art in heaven. Okay, are y'all with me? Okay, so let's pray. Who's Father? Our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, now you can sit down. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's almost cliche to say that, you know, another year's come and gone, and everybody always says, well, you know, the year just flew by. And a lot of times, this is the time of year where people make New Year's resolutions, and some of you guys probably have already started doing that. I know after... Everything that I ate, <laughs> uh, I have, uh, one of my resolutions is to get back in Caitlin's uh, spin class and actually go on a regular basis. I've, I've been a few times and it's great, um, and I, I need to do that. But, you know, as we're setting priorities for this, you know, new year, one of the important things that we need to do is to uh, uh, seek God in the new year. And um, a couple of Sundays ago, when uh, it was icy outside, I assumed that we weren't going to have church, so I stayed home, and I thought, well, I at least need to watch church on TV, so I did, and I watched several different programs, and then I thought, well, I, I'm in a small group, and the, the men that are in my small group, Will's here, he's already heard this, uh, this message, but I, I felt like, you know, the Lord laid on my heart to say, you know, you need to share this with people. This is, this is what I want you to share in small groups, so... Um, Pastor Barrett, he's gone today with Michelle on a well-deserved uh, trip, and I hope that y'all will remember them, keep them in your prayers. But uh, while they're gone, um, we certainly miss them. But he, he asked me to share this message today. So um, if we've got the, the slide, um, uh, the, 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 the core scripture is in Matthew 6, uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. So I'll give y'all a chance to uh, turn there. This this is when Jesus was given the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, he had already gone through the Beatitudes at this point. And at, at this point, he was talking about people's daily lives, you know, things that they really need. And, and you know, back then, people needed, uh, they were actually searching for food and water and something to wear. I mean, you know, a lot of us, that's not really, not too many people in this in this room probably actually go hungry. That's not... I mean, there's something in the refrigerator. You can go get some fast food or, you know, we've got clothes to wear. But people in Jesus' time, that was a real concern for a lot of them. And you, you get that in reading that, you know, he's describing to them, you know, don't worry about what you're going to eat. You know, God feeds the birds and he's going to feed you. And don't worry about what you're going to wear. You know, God clothes the lilies and uh, they're beautiful and he's going to take care of you. Um, and, you know, today, I guess if we're, if we're looking at it, you know, it might, for us it might be, well, gee, you know, I need a job. I've got to pay my bills. You know, we have different, we need clothing, we need food, but I'm saying that that's not as, a, a, a desperate, as, a, as desperate a thing for us as it was for the people back then. But, you know, what Jesus told them was kind of profound. If you look at Matthew uh, 6, verse 33, 
he says, you know, don't seek that. Don't seek the things that, you know, you need to survive. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And uh, it's really profound, you know, to tell people, you know, don't worry about what you're going to eat. And some of them might not have known where they were going to get their next meal. He's saying, seek first the kingdom of God. So in looking at this, you know, what is the kingdom of God? You know, what, what, we're supposed to seek it first. What is the kingdom of God? We just all pray the Lord's Prayer. You know, Jesus said, uh, thy kingdom come, when you're talking to the Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, God's got a kingdom. And there's not a democracy, there's not a Senate and a House of Representatives and a Supreme Court in heaven. What God says is what, what goes. And the angels don't get together and vote on a resolution and it passes and then it, that gets implemented. That's not the way it works. God's will is done in the kingdom of heaven, okay? And what we're to pray is, is that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What this is talking about here. Seeking first the kingdom of God is the will of God, okay? The kingdom of God is not just in heaven. Yeah, we're to seek to get into heaven. But we're also to seek his will on earth. What is the will of God, okay? And then Jesus also said his righteousness. So we see that the kingdom of God and his will is separate from his righteousness, because it's an additional thing that we're to ask for. So what is the righteousness of God? Well, the righteousness of God is to be in right standing with God. And the only way to do that since Jesus died is, is that we have to accept him as the mediator between us and God. We have to accept the sacrifice that he made on the cross for us, that he died for us, for our sins, and that he rose on the third day. We have to believe that and accept that. And then we also know from Romans uh, chapter 8 that we have to walk in the Spirit and not after the flesh because there is no condemnation for those who walk after the Spirit. So being in God's righteousness, which is separate from His will, when you're walking in the Spirit, you're following God's will and you're fulfilling God's will. So what Jesus is saying here is, is that seek ye first the kingdom of God or the will of God. And then once you seek that out, the righteousness part is when you follow God's will and you fulfill God's will. Okay, I think that that's what that means. And he says when you do that, the basic necessities of life are going to be taken care of. Okay, So then it comes to, well, you know, how do you seek God? You know, what, you know, what should we do to seek God? And I think that there's two things that I... Uh, there's a lot of ways to do it, but there's two things that I've done in my life that I wanted to share with you. Um, uh, and I think it's important as Christians um, that we do this. Uh, and it's, it's, it's part of seeking God. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just like when you're seeking a relationship with somebody, whether it's your spouse or someone that you want to date or a friend or, you know, with your child even, you're going to find out what things the person likes and what that they dislike. Okay, that's, that's part of what you're going to do, okay? And you're going to try to find, if you want to have a relationship with them, you're going to try to find some ways to please that person, hopefully, if you want to have a good relationship with them, right? Okay? So if we're going to have a relationship with God, and we're going to seek Him, 
we need to find out well, what is it that pleases God? What 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 does God what pleases God? What does He want us to do? That brings me to the next slide. Um, you can turn to Hebrews chapter eleven, verse six, and I'll give you a time to do that for those of you that brought your Bible. Um, it's up here on the screen, and we see from that um, that the verse says, "But without faith." it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Okay? So if you, want to, if you want to have a relationship with God and you want to please God, this says that without faith you cannot please God. Okay? And then it goes on to describe a little bit more about what faith is. God wants us to believe that he is. In other words, believe that he exists. You don't see him. I mean, there's very, some people you know, may have. But in general, I believe he's here with us, but we, we don't see his form. But he wants you to believe that he is, and also that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. So what is faith? Faith is Confidence in God. It's assurance that what he says in his word is true. That's what faith is. Okay? And without it, you're not going to please God. It's going to be difficult for you to have a relationship just like with your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your, you know, a, a friend that you have. If you don't, if you don't do things that are, are pleasing to them, you're probably not going to have that good of a relationship. Okay? So with God, you have to have faith. Well, wouldn't it be good if there was a good way that we could get this faith? You know, how do you get faith? How do you get confidence in God? How do you get assurance that, I mean, we've all had doubts. We're human beings, you know. Uh, you know, we, you might read something in the Bible and think, well, gee, you know, is that, is that really true? Uh, but how do you get the confidence that, that leads to this faith? Well, there is a way. And that's on the next slide. The next slide is Romans 10, 17. And what that says is, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Okay? So what this says is, is that the, the, the faith that you the faith which pleases God, okay, is directly related to the word of God. So this what you know about this, what you hear about this, what you absorb of this is going to be how much, that's going to be directly related to how much faith you've got. Now I've got the big, you know, Barrett carries around one of those little bitty uh, deals, and it's been a long time since I've been able to have the eyesight to read something like that <laughs> without a magnifying glass, so I've got the, the giant print, but I guess it, it, uh, it kind of makes a, a bigger statement here today. Um, um, it belonged to my grandmother, by the way, and now I have to use it. Um, but the amount of this book that you hear. And, and hearing here is not just like hearing like you're hearing me now. It's what you hear and what you believe. Okay? It's going to be, and the more of it that you hear, the more faith that you're going to have. And why is that important? Because without it, you can't please God. God wants to be believed. He wants us to believe what He says is true. I think that that's the one great passion, that's one of the great passions that God has. Because without it, we can't please Him. So, how can you hear the word? Well, you can come to services like this today, and a lot of you have done that, and you can, you know, go to a small group. But I think that there's no substitute 
at least in my life I've found, for actually spending time reading the Bible every day. And it's something that, you know, I was, a, you know, I was made a profession of faith in Jesus when I was a little kid, when I was six years old. I read the Bible some, but, you know, not really. And as I've shared with you all in my testimony, there was a 30-year period of time where I, I, I walked away and I didn't, you know, I lived in sin and I didn't, I didn't um, you know, even live right, let alone, you know, try to read the Word. But the last two years, um, after I got out of the hospital um, in Washington, D.C., I flew to Missouri the next day, and I read some of the Bible that day in the hospital before I left. I went to the chapel, and I said, God, I'm, I'm serious about seeking you now. I'm going to do it. And ever since that day, the very next day, I have read the Bible every day. And I don't think that there's any one formula to this. I mean, you know, some people have devotional plans where they'll you know, they'll, you know, you might have an app that tells you, you know, what you've got to read today. Some people, uh, there's 1,189 chapters and 66 books in the Bible, and I think there's a plan where you can read three chapters a day and read the whole thing. I, I try to read a chapter a day. When I got back to Missouri, I started in Psalms. The reason that I did was because the Bible that I went to in the chapel was open to Psalms, and I thought, I need to start reading there. So I read through Psalms and to the Revelation, and I started over in um, Genesis. And this morning now I'm up to 1 Samuel, and this morning I was in chapter 9 where Samuel first encountered Saul, and he's getting ready to tell him that he's going to be uh, the king. That's where I am now. And, 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 but it's taken me two years on the, on the way that I've been doing it. But it's different for everybody. I don't think that there's... I think it's important to spend time in it, though. Because as I have read, and the more that I have read, the more confidence that I have that what is in the Scripture is true. I think the more faith that I have. And the reason that we need that is because without that, we can't please God. And it's really hard to have a relationship with somebody if, if they're not pleased with you. I mean, just think about you know, the other relationships you have. Um, as far as the, the timing on this... You know, I have a set schedule, so I'm a morning person. I realize a lot of you are not morning people or you're not able to do this because uh, you're in a field that doesn't allow it. But in the next slide, you know, uh, David in the Psalms kind of gives a hint that the morning is a good time to do this. Now, he also, he ran a kingdom, so he was a day person too. He didn't work at night. But Psalms 143.8 says, Cause, the King James Version, cause me to hear of thy loving kindness in the morning. And the New International Standard Version says, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. Okay? So <clears throat> I think that, you know, maybe the morning for you, it, you know, if you work from uh, 6 o'clock at night to 6 in the morning, your morning may be, you know, 4 o'clock in the afternoon before you get up to start your day going in, you know. Uh, but I think it's important to make it a priority and to be one of the first things that you do. Um, and um, um, so the first point is, is that in seeking God, in seeking the kingdom of God, you know, it's important to not only come to church, be in a small group, but it's important to have a daily devotional time where you, you're reading this, okay? You're not going to absorb hear the word by putting the bible under your pillow and sleeping it's not going to sink into your brain uh you know you're going to have to spend time in it but if you do it'll increase your faith the more that you do it's going to increase your faith and in so doing you're going to have confidence 
in, in, in what God says is being true. Okay? As, as Pastor Barrett would say, are you tracking with me? Okay. Uh, the next thing that I have done and that I think that, that I would suggest that you do is to have a daily devotional time separate, and it can be together with this. Again, I don't think there's any formula where, you're, where you pray with God. You know, and a lot of people, you know, if you're married, um, you know, you may have a devotional time where you, you pray together. But I think it's important, too, to have a solitary time for everybody. I'm not saying don't pray together. I think that you should. I think that's a good thing. But I think as far as the devotional time, I think that that really is between you and God. Um, turn, if you will, to Psalms, Psalm 63. It's Psalms collectively, but if it's just one, it's Psalm. Uh, Psalm 63.1. And if you don't have it again, it's on the screen. And I'll just read it. It says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Okay. You see, David was seeking God out. And when he, when he describes how, how he was doing it, it's like he was thirsty. He was hungry for something, you know. We need, God wants us to, in seeking Him, He wants us to crave Him, you know. It's no mystery like, you know, what is seeking God. I mean, you know, have you seen these people that, um, you know, camp out in front of Best Buy to get the flat screens, TVs, and the, the, the iPads that are on sale? You know, they'll spend the night there, you know. Have you ever seen, uh, uh, and I've never personally done this, but I know, uh, you know, relatives of mine that get in a deer stand at 5 o'clock in the morning, and it's 35 degrees, and it's, and it's raining, okay? And they don't even go to Hardy's to get the gravy biscuit beforehand because they don't want the scent of that on them. And they, use, they, they do everything they can to get that, that 10 point or that 12-point button. Now, that's seeking, okay? That's what, we, that's what God wants from us. He wants us to seek Him with all our heart, okay? And I think for me in my life, again, there's no... You know, formula to this. Uh, you can do it during any period of the day. But I heard somebody say on TV one time, I was watching a pastor on TV, and he said, I sing. He said, I start off singing when I, uh, when I see God, you know, before I start praying. And I thought, huh. And then I thought, and then I remembered, and he may have said this, but I also remembered Psalm 100, which is our next uh, text. So if y'all could turn to that for those of you that have scriptures. Says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Yeah. Now, some of you, know, some of you are like me. You're glad it doesn't say that you have to make a harmonious noise unto the Lord. <laughs> you know, or a melodious tune. It's just, but you, you do need to be joyful. You know, I, I can't begin to tell you that there is over the last two years the changes that I have had to go through. And there were some days where I was so down in the dumps and I did not feel like being joyful. And we're human beings and we go through days like that or seasons like that in our lives where you don't feel like being joyful, you know. But Psalms 118 verse 24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And you know, every day after uh, the Lord spoke that verse to me, I would get up, and I was like, I've got a choice, and I don't feel good today, but, but I've got a choice, and I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to be glad, 
you know. And I can think of something to be thankful for, you know. And I would go out, you know, literally, and I mean, my heart was just breaking. I mean, I didn't know really from one day to the next whether if I was going to have a job or where I would go. I mean, I was really facing some uncertain times. But I, I said, Lord, thank you that I've got eyesight to see this beautiful sunset, you know. Thank you that you have supplied all my needs according to your riches and glory through Christ. Thank you for being my shepherd. Thank you that goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. I don't know what's going to come, but I know that goodness and mercy are going to follow me. And the reason that I knew that was because that's, those are the promises that are in his word. And I had been reading it and I've been absorbing that, you see. And that's what came out of my mouth. So we have a choice. You have a choice about about being joyful even when you are down. So, um, uh, reading on, it says, Know you that the Lord God, that the Lord He is God, that He, uh, it is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be faithful unto Him and bless His name. So what I do is, you know, and I haven't always done this, you know, I started, you know, a couple of months ago, and I'll sing for a few minutes the songs that come to mind. And then, um, it's like a progression. I'm entering into the Lord's presence, okay? And then, when I go into the gates, I give thanks. And my first prayer is, God, thank you for today. Thank you that I've got an opportunity to uh, come before you. Thank you that you, you know, you're there, that you hear, that you're hearing my petition today. Thank you for being good. Every good gift comes from you, you know. And then as you progress past the gates and then you come into his presence, it says you do that with praise, enter into his courts with praise and bless his name. So I give pra- I said, Father, you know, I give you praise, you know, I give you glory. And you know, two years ago, somebody had, you know, told this to me. I thought, well, gee, you know, that's really odd. But the more that I have read and the more that I have, have come into it, I realized that, this is what I do. And I'm just sharing it with you. I'm not saying that you even have to do this. I'm not even saying that you have to do it in the morning. But I do think it's important that you, you take the time to spend with God um, in prayer and come into His presence on a daily basis. Okay? Now, as far as the timing of it, again, there are some the verses that speak to that. And I'm not saying this to put in anybody into bondage. Everybody's schedule's different. You do it. I think it's important to have a designated time. But look at what David said in Psalms 5.3, which is the next verse. My voice shall stop here in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer to thee and will look up. Okay? Now, a lot of times, you know, when I would pray, you know, I was looking down. But then after I heard this voice, <clears throat> David said, he'll hear my voice and he'll look up. You know, and there are times where I do bow my head and pray, but in the morning when I pray, I don't, I've started not to just look down the whole time. I look up and well, why do you do that? Well, I don't know. That's what that says. That's what that, the reason I'm doing it in the morning and the reason I'm looking up is because that's what that says to do. So I don't really know why. I don't understand how the lights, uh, I can't explain to you how the electricity got from the power plant to the building here. I just know if I flip the switch, you know, we'll have light. And this is our guide. Um, So, um, and again, the next verse, um, 
that I want us to look at is Mark 1.35. And this is talking about Jesus. And it says, In the morning, rising up a great while before the day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. So not only did he do it in the morning, but he went to a solitary place. He was alone. And that's why I think using that as an example, you know, I can say that it's important for each of us to like spend a personal time. And I think you need to have a place in your apartment, a place in your house, a designated place where you go to, to be in the presence of the Lord every day. I think that's really important to be, have a solitary place where you go. And that's the place where you go to talk to the Lord and where you go to be with him. Um, that's what that verse speaks to me. Uh, and then, you know, finally, um, there are times, you know, I'm sure where we've all woken up at night, you know, you may get things on your mind. You can't go back to sleep. You, you think about what happened yesterday or today, or you think about what you've got to do tomorrow. It's happened to everybody. Uh, the Psalms speak to that too. Uh, that's the next verse. And it, it goes back to Psalm 63, 6. It says, uh, when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Okay. So what God wants us to do, and this is not, you know, this is something, you know, that, I mean, I've just, you know, been exposed to these things as I've read the word. I mean, when I used to wake up, I never thought about God in, 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 at nighttime, but now I do. When I wake up, you know, I try not to think about what went on that day or what I've got to do tomorrow. I, 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 th- I think about, I remember God. And this word meditate does not mean like think on God. That's the remember part. The meditate in this context means murmur, mumble, or speak. Okay? So what would you speak about God? I think that it, it means to speak the word. That's what I think it means. Um, I didn't put this as a verse uh, a verse for us, but Psalm chapter 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scoffers. But the law of the Lord is his delight, and in the law doth he meditate day and night. Okay? So you can't, you know, if you wake up at night, and you're on your bed, and you start to worry or think about things, other things. I would just encourage you from the from the scriptures here. It says to meditate on God and what His promises are. Okay, because there's a lot of them in here. And uh, then finally, sometimes in the next slide, there's times where we just need to be still. Uh, Psalms forty six ten says, "Be still and know that I am God." And again, there's no formula to this. You know, I'm just telling. I'm just sharing with you. You know what I do. I think that it is very important that you pick a time, a designated time for you, whenever that's going to be, and, and that you do it. And here's the reason why. You know, when, when I did this uh, talk, we meet at the Chick-fil-A. And when I did that, I had a glass of coffee cup. And I brought some rocks and some pea gravel and some sand. And I had some water. I emptied out my um, oatmeal bowl and I put some water in it. I get oatmeal at Chick-fil-A. I'm trying to lay out the biscuits um, so that I don't have biscuit poison. But I had the oatmeal and I had the water. So I, you know, I had the guys and I took the, I took the bigger rocks and I put them into the, it's a glass coffee cup so you can see. And I filled it up to where the, it went up to the top of the glass coffee cup. And I said, guys, is it the coffee cup full? And they didn't know, they didn't see all the other stuff. 
And they didn't know what I was doing, you know, 6 30 in the morning, they were all like, <laughs> uh, And so then I said, Well, I said, Here. And so I took the pea gravel, and then I, I poured the pea gravel into the cup, and it filled in the spaces that uh, the big rocks had left. You know, there were, there were big rocks, so it went, it went down and filled that in. I said, Okay, now you think it's full. They still didn't know what to say, or really what I was doing. So I took a scoop of sand that I had gone and gotten off of Mud Island, and I poured that in there. And I packed that cup just as full as I could to the top, and I leveled it off. You know? So at that point, it had, it had the big rocks, it had the little bitty pebbles, and then it also had the sand. And I said, now I think it's full. And um, then I said, well, I've got one more thing. And then I took the water from the oatmeal bowl, and I poured it over in there, and I got it just as full as I could get. And the analogy is, is that, that cup, that empty cup, is, is the time that we have in the day. Okay? And I think we can all understand that there are things in our life that we've got to do. You know, you've got to go to work, you've got to, you know, you've got to eat, you know, there's things that you've got to do. I think we can all agree that the things that I've covered today, which are reading the Bible and spending time with God, ought to be some of the big rocks, though, too that we need to put it in the cup first. The reason is, is that, you know, if you, you can just, you, you, I don't have a cup with me, but, you know, if I put the water in there, and then the sand, and then the pebbles, the big rocks are not going to fit. There, some of them will, but you're going to have, you're going to have some bigger things, and it's not all going to fit. But if you'll put in the big things first, then all the little things that you put in after they're going to fill in, it's going to fall into place. And that's what Jesus said. That's what he's trying to say in Matthew 6, 33. If you seek him first, seek the kingdom of God, the will of God first in your life, and seek his righteousness, which the righteousness of God is following and fulfilling his will. If you'll do that first, everything else is going to fall in place. Everything else is going to be added. Okay? The problem is, is I think some of us don't necessarily believe that, you see. Because it does require faith. I mean, you know, it, it, I mean, if you're not, I mean, and I didn't have a devotional time for a long time, but I would suggest to you that, you know, if you don't, you're not seeking the kingdom of God first, you know. And, and I had to come to terms with that. I'm not doing that unless I put that first. That's why I think that it's important, you know, I would suggest that, you know, if you can't do it in the morning, you know, pick a time and try to, and try to do it. Make it a priority this year because if you will, um, you're going to have uh, a relationship with God and the other things are going to fit into place. That's what the, God's promise is. Okay? So, um, I guess before I, I close today, um, one of the things that, you know, I want to do too is I want to, uh, you know, give an invitation time and, um, you know, I don't know, you know, everybody's hard in here. Uh, only you know that. You know, I've been talking about seeking God. Um, and his righteousness. The first step in righteousness with God is accepting his son Jesus as, as your Savior. And I, I don't know if everybody in here has done that. First um, Timothy chapter 5 says there's one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for us all. And I'm so glad that he did. And uh, if you don't know Jesus, you don't, you don't have anything. You don't, I mean, you, you just don't realize how, how bad off you are. And so I just uh, plead with everybody in here that if you
you don't know who Jesus is, if you have questions, during this time of invitation, will you come up and talk with me or you can, uh, you know, you can talk with somebody else that you're, you're friends with, maybe somebody that you came with, but uh, uh, he, wants to, he wants to have a relationship with you. Revelation 2.20 says, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hears my voice, so he's, he's knocking on your heart today if you don't know him. And he wants to come in. He wants to have a relationship with you. And he will. But you have to invite him in. He's not.